because all you do is just eat rice cakes all day. Fucking four-year-old soccer mom, bitch. I literally haven't had rice cakes in so fucking long. <laughs> That's but a fucking sure. lie. You go to the grocery store, your cart's just full of rice cakes. <laughs> go up to the counter, the ten items are less lane, and the woman's like, uh, it's not are you okay? Is that the intro you want to go with, Spencer? Not really. <laughs> well, I say we uh, we start off with the red shoes. <laughs> I'm in. God damn. I'm in. We got to restart the whole. We got to we got to introduce the movies again. You got to be like, hey, we're those movie dudes. Nate was abducted by aliens. You got to say all that shit. Nope, that's gone. That's that was erased. Uh, but the movie that won for me is a uh, is a film called Vanilla Sky. It's a Ooh. weird little uh, science fiction film from Cameron Crowe, early 2000s. Tom Cruise being a fucking wackadoodle. Uh, so yeah, it's the movie that we watched uh, for my for my pick. I think Cameron week. Diaz was more the wackadoodle, but we'll get into that in I think a moment. You're more of the wackadoo, but yeah. Well, I'm kind of the wackadoo of the crew, don't you think? Uh, but anyways, my movie for the week is, I hated it too, I I really regret that moment, uh, is Ghost from 1990 with uh, Demi Moore and the Sways and little little whoopee, whoopee cushion Goldberg. Nate? And my movie was The Red Shoes. Whoopee cushion Goldberg? <laughs> I, don't know, I was going to say whoopee pie, but I feel like people won't get that reference unless they're literally from Maine. So I'm pretty whoopee sure cushion. there's whoopee pies in other places other than Maine. I don't know. Everybody I've talked to doesn't know what the hell a whoopie pie is. And then they haven't lived. Exactly. No, you were, you were they talking have not. to a skeleton. I agree. <laughs> You're right. I was at a I was at a cemetery or a morgue, and nobody knew what a whoopie cushion was. Or which or, which one were you at? I was at neither. That was for, that was a joke. Oh. No, honestly, if you are listening to this podcast and you've never heard of a whoopie pie, uh, order them. Wickedwhoopies.com. Yeah, or Betty Ree's whoopies, but they're completely no, different. No, Wicked Whoopies. Wicked Whoopies. Get the chocolate wicked. chip one? Holy shit. Get any of them. Their lemon yeah, one honestly, is like... Uh, any of them are amazing. The oatmeal uh, one? If you guys have that one, that one's pretty fucking uh-huh. good. I don't know. Have you had oh the peanut butter God. one? Okay. Yeah, bro. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got testers of like all of them. <laughs> the testers of all of them? Shit. Wait, what? Wait, can testers? you do testers in the store? I was with you when we did it. <laughs> Yo, you know they make like oh, well, a massive oh, sorry, cake, wait, like the small ones. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. All right. I was thinking like you could just be like, "Hey, can I try this?" Oh, <laughs> no. Like you think you like a little like I'd never leave. I know exactly. <laughs> I used to go all. there like weekly, dude. It was before the metabolism kicked in, but yeah, or the lack of metabolism, I should say. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. Nate, do you still want to pick the order? Do you still want to? uh wow. enjoy that? Do you want to do a new one? Do you, I, 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 does it? I'm gonna, pick a new number. I'm gonna repick, and I think I'm just going to uh, go with Ghost. Ghost. That's what happens, Aww, John. Really? You mess with the bull, yeah. you get the horns. Ooh, that just makes me think of Family Guy when Joe was running with the bulls. <laughs> <laughs> Do you even know what movie I referenced? I don't care. No, I no, oh. I don't. What is it? Some like uh, is it uh, Don Quixote or something? John, John, John. John, how about you just introduce Ghost, please? Okay, before I wasn't prepared I for really this, get yeah. mad. <laughs> we have we have Ghost from 1990, which is five years before I was born. So that is 40. Wait. <laughs> oh my! That's 30 God. years ago. Wow, 30 years ago, 1990s Ghost with the Sways, rest in peace from pancreatic cancer. That's such a sad 
sad actor to lose back in the day, but but this can be know. happy. This is this is happy time. I miss Don't Patrick Swayze because we watched Roadhouse on the podcast. I just love he's such a lovable guy, a lovable actor. I think, but in this movie we got Demi Moore, Patrick Swayze, and Oscar-winning supporting actress Whoopi Goldberg. So that's pretty crazy. But basically, uh, you know, Patrick Swayze. It's no it's no uh, surprise, but he is murdered. And uh, he's basically, as a ghost, just trying to help Demi Moore stay safe and because there is impending danger with the use of Whoopi Goldberg as a uh, kind of a psychic to help him along the way and communicating with the living. So you have a little kind of a love story, also kind of a mystery thriller type thing going on there. But yeah, I've always kind of wanted to check out Ghost. I expected more of like a hardcore dramatic love story, but there's a lot of other elements to this movie, so... There you go. And? And I want to hear Spencer's thoughts. Yeah, I've also, I've been wanting to see this because uh, I know that Whoopi Goldberg won the Oscar for Best Supporting uh, Actress. It was also nominated for, like, Best Picture. Best, I think it also won Best Screenplay. Uh, so it's got some, like, Oscar love and uh, nominations and wins that I was like, okay, I'll check this one out. I like Demi Moore. I like Patrick Swayze. Uh, it's got an iconic scene where apparently they uh, do some pottery wonderful that was you know? odd though it's exciting um and so yeah uh i really liked it to be honest i honestly did like this movie quite a bit it's cheesy galore like it, literally the first scene i'm just like okay i know what's gonna happen like i know who's gonna kill him like i i know what's gonna go down you didn't know who was gonna kill him oh my god dude a hundred percent from the first you. scene of the film how'd you know it's just a random guy it was the introduction with them in the elevator. They're having the little like back and forth with the farts. I'm like, okay, I guarantee he's going to try to double cross his friend. Like, just like immediately, just because it was so. I, I don't know. It was just one of those movies where I could predict what's going to happen. But with that, I love the whole aspect of like he's a ghost, no one can see him, and he's trying to still like help the living. I love that kind of the storytelling, like purgatory, that kind of stuff. It's very interesting to me. Uh, and this one being done in like a romantic thriller-ish drama it was it was engaging it was fun and i i enjoyed it loved hearing his thoughts i don't like ghosts so going into this one i was already skeptical because if i saw one white sheet i was freaked (laughs) out and so as you guys know the first like two minutes of the opening sequence is a bunch of white sheets so it definitely (laughs) it definitely lived up to its name of ghost um but it wasn't it, it wasn't scary i wasn't scared I kind of really enjoyed this movie too, um, just because it was told in such a unique way. I just have one little flaw that I found, one little tiny one. I think we might agree on this flaw of yours. I'm very curious to know what this flaw might be. This flaw is how the people who are talking to Patrick Swayze and they're like looking at him. And I think sometimes when they were shooting it, they forgot. So like, Whoopi Goldberg's looking perfectly at Patrick Swayze a couple of times. Even Demi Moore was doing it. But then you would see her, like, eyes just randomly start looking around. Like, almost oh, wait, like she noticed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was just yeah. kind of like, come on, if this was, like, more authentic, they would just be, like, looking more forward kind of thing. Um, but that was just really my only nitpick. Um, it was just kind of 90s campy romance fun it was a fun little not mystery but just there was some tension and seeing that patrick swayze there was nothing that he could do about it 
and he you see him pursue how he can try and make a change before something bad happens so it was it was definitely unique um patrick swayze was just one of those iconic people that you just you see his face and you're just like oh this guy he could, he, he could kick your ass if you just looked at him wrong kind of thing um and i knew this right. movie was famous for the like uh that uh oh my love that that stupid clay thing um <laughs> but uh the uh just comes in and ruins her masterpiece yeah Yeah, he just smacks it and it just flops in front of her just like ah ruined the moment she had a great pot going too and then he just ruins it like bro i would not do that to somebody i don't know about you but that seems like you know a lot of hard work i feel like demi moore did like a lot of she, she she was really good at that like the whole inserting into the pot and stuff like that and making it look so cool and that sounds like that's like something I want to try and do is making a clay pot like that. It's art. It's beautiful. I've made I I took uh, ceramics in high school, but I never used one of those like spinny things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's like advanced ceramics, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks quite fun. I will. It's an say. extracurricular activity. You get extra credit it, yeah, for it's it. AP ceramics. Yeah. AP. Can, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I never. You have to watch Ghost for your homework and recreate <laughs> the sculpture she's doing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I, I even took to ceramics too, and we still didn't have the spinny thing. So I don't know. Did you watch ceramics Ghost three four? I no, not till now. Oh, bummer. Not till now. But uh, what kind of school yeah. is that? Doesn't play Ghost of students. Whoopi Goldberg and her Oscar <laughs> win for this movie. <laughs> My question Was is, it... who the fuck did she go against? Was it Kermit have, the Frog? I don't. I don't... <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> If Kermit was in the running, God, no. he would have won. Just saying. And okay, and I'm not saying it's not deserved <laughs> whatsoever. How you doing over um... there? <laughs> Congratulations. Damn it. So, I think that she probably got the Oscar for this movie because, one, anytime she's on screen, she steals the show. I mean, she honestly is so funny. She's like this random comic relief that it just comes out of nowhere. And it's honestly very – I enjoyed – what she was doing, but the, it was a totally different movie than what was actually going on with, with like the whole crime stuff. It was the, so different and so campy and weird. But the like, tone completely changed when she was on screen. A hundred percent. And I, yeah. I understood why the win happened. I just am like I'm kind of surprised because like that was like today that came out like Melissa McCarthy or something like Bridesmaids or something. <laughs> she got the nomination for being just like the funniest like comic relief whenever she's on screen. She's a uh, scene stealer. But it's just like, oh, okay. I'm surprised the Academy went there. But Must have just been a bad year. Yeah, I don't even I mean, think she was that funny though. Like I, oh, she, I she was I, at I like, a few times. I also think they should have just like bit the bullet and made it so she could see him because Nate's Nate's a uh, point earlier where she's just like looking at him randomly and then she's not. Technically, she can only mm. hear him, but like it comes to a point where it would have just been easier to say that she could see him. Yeah. yeah. You I know, one hundred percent. Yeah, just for the <laughs> eyeline because yeah, the eyelines were so off. Yeah, there was yeah. definitely scenes or cuts where they were literally staring at each other eye to eye, and then next thing you know, like she's like all like looking off in the distance because like, oh yeah, I forgot shit, I can't see you. Because <laughs> there's films uh, with blind people too that where they have the same issue where it's like oh I don't know where I'm looking, but like you know with so a movie what, like this, there's no reason not to have her just look at him. One scene like it, it 
there's some scenes where it goes to like some pretty dark territory where like it kind of was like oh that's a little chilling like with the whole uh person on the subway that's like this is my train and just like charges him i was like what the fuck where did this come from like this is a whole like separate little subplot and i like what they end up doing with that is like using like the uh if you focus you can like push things as like from like uh being a ghost and stuff like if you focus all your energy on it you can move objects and i think that whole aspect was kind of interesting and fun and i like that they explored all that stuff uh and the romance it was nice the whole ending i was like this is emotional like you know it tugs on the heartstrings um and yeah i really did enjoy this to be honest i thought this one was uh it was a nice little romance film yeah Aww. I will agree that I, I think the romance was good. The the chemistry between uh, Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze was was very spot on. The effects in this movie, very 90s, but I think they were they it was clever in the way that they use them. Um, the only effects that I didn't really like reminded me a little bit of Absentia uh, were were the stuff that had to do with like hell and whatnot. You know, maybe just don't do that. But it, it took me out of the movie a little bit. With those like uh, kind of demon effects that they had going on there. Oh, you mean um, the shadow underworld people? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was just yeah. a very well, like shadowy underworldly figures deal. have something to say about that. <laughs> they drag Joe yeah. away. Like, Sorry, that that's my third moments. one. <laughs> that was one of those moments where I was like, "Oh, I guarantee!" Like, because like, initially when like uh, that happened to Patrick Swayze, this like big beam of light came down, and these like little like. I don't know, these, like, sparkles were, like, floating. Angels. And the second, like, a, a bad character died, I was like, I would guarantee something opposite's gonna happen. Yep, sure enough, bam. Well, you've just seen way too many movies, Spencer, to realize I have that. seen a lot you of know, movies. That's the thing. You know, it's like, I didn't it, expect but, that. It but he's never seen Remember the Titans. I have seen Remember the Titans. I watched it two months ago. Uh, I did. And you gave it a five Washington. out of five, as far as I know, right? I gave it a four and a half out of five. Have you watched Ben-Hur yet? I have not watched Ben Hur yet. Spencer, uh, you gotta watch Ben Hur. This is a separate issue. This is not part of the. We're Arabia. talking about ghosts right now. I need <laughs> you guys to go on about the movies ghosts. that I need to watch. But actually, I have something that kind of ties that together, and I'll we'll get into that later okay. in the episode. Um, but yeah, I'll just grade Ghost. Uh, this is a movie that if it's ever on 4K or uh, yeah, 4K or Criterion, which it won't be, uh, I will pick it up physical media i really enjoyed it i could see myself rewatching this one it's just a nice little film about patrick swayze as a ghost trying to help out his girlfriend from beyond the grave and uh i recommend it if you haven't seen it it is on showtime if you have showtime uh give it a watch because i give it a four out of five i enjoy reminds this me i need to cancel showtime yeah <laughs> but yeah it is on, <laughs> okay, it is well, on the showtime. exact opposite of what i just said but yeah yeah well yeah. ghost swayze more it was fun. It whoopee. was. It was. Yeah, whoopee. Yeah, you can't forget about that good old whoopee. Um, but yeah, it was. I don't know how uh, deserving the win was, but more power to her. She has that Oscar, and I never will. Um, but yeah, it's just. Uh, it's just. It's it's a nice. It's a nice movie, and it's iconic. So when you're able to see iconic movie moments like that for yourself and see them in context, it's just. It's like a little mental thing for me, like checking off yeah. a famous a famous scene. You get to see it um, in its entirety, and it was just fun. Um, but the eye thing bugged me a little bit, and just some of the over-the-top-ness of Whoopi Goldberg was kind of eh. 
Um, but I'm a little lower than Spencer, just a little tiny bit. Um, three and a half out of five. It was definitely right. entertaining. It was fun. Um, there is a uh, Paramount Presents Blu-ray edition coming out. 4K? I don't know. And I don't know if the yeah. transfer... It's not It's not a 4K release. It looked release, fantastic but, on yeah. the TV. Yeah, I mean, the transfer looked great on the Showtime, so... Yeah, but, but eh, you know, it, it is what it is. is. Oh, no yeah. way. Shit. We just it's said that. Very, you gotta end the podcast. Here's the thing. It's a very white boy thing from Maine to I say. I know, but the, we weren't even in the same <laughs> atmosphere at that moment. It is what it is, man. Delay. Yeah, so that, that yeah, was well, weird. Can we just move on? I don't want to talk about that. Well, um, uh, yeah, okay. I, three and a half from Nate. Okay. Yeah. I was I agree with a lot of your grade. points. I think the, the timeline thing personally didn't bother me as much. Like it is noticeable, but like I really did like the love story between Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. I just couldn't stand the haircut personally. I, it's hard for me to look past the haircut a little bit, but again, it's the nineties. My mother had that haircut. I've seen photos. It was a thing back then. So it is what it is. Um, I really liked kind of the inner workings of, Patrick Swayze, like in in the in the in between world in uh the like purgatory purgatory, purgatory like yeah. in limbo in purgatory, almost kind of in, interacting with other ghosts like in the hospital in the train station and in the kind of the psychic readings where all those other ghosts just show up and they're like shit if you can talk to her so can we or whatever <laughs> I really wish the movie would have focused a little bit more on like the love story aspect but instead it goes into this kind of mystery crime thriller type thing which didn't throw me off but I I guess I just had the mentality that it was going to be more of like a dramatic love story which it ended up not being no um it, a little bit but overall it was a good movie and like Nate said it's good to to kind of knock off a, a classic film that you've never seen before that is kind of in pop culture so i i give this a three and a half out of five as well it was it was a good movie um but i think my expectations would have expected a little something a little bit different and a little bit less whoopi goldberg overall <laughs> whoopi? that comic relief of the 90s is oh, just you well, know a little bit cheesy a little bit cliche and i think i just may have gone four out of five because i enjoyed whoopi goldberg in this movie um great but, that's fine oh well that's, that's that's all good but yeah i think uh overall we're very positive on ghost so uh if you haven't seen it uh like nate said it's very iconic so just give it a watch for that uh for on those standards and it's it's worth it nate uh yes. the second movie you'd like to talk about i'd like to talk about the red shoes okay we could talk about the red shoes yep Give me one minute. All good. I'm going to start off with positives and then I'll lead into you. the negatives. Okay, fine. Okay. Fuck a piece of shit. I'm back. All right, cool. Um, I'm have a little talking with John. Ooh, okay. Can I, can I, can I know what? No, I, I don't want to know what it was about. You guys were probably you'll, talking you'll about see. how gross my chin hair looks. That's okay. Um. Yeah, we were so... insulting the living shit out of your face while you were gone. That's what we were doing. <laughs> That's okay. I hear people do that at work all the time. It's fine. It's chill. Okay, so... um. <laughs> My my film. I'm um, sorry. I'm a little self conscious now. Um, my film was called <laughs> The Red Shoes. Um, John, I'm gonna trim <laughs> something. I don't know. I couldn't think of it. I'm too focused on trying to read my movie. John. Well, my movie's done. So let's get on to yours. What was that? You give me that. I don't know. Can we just talk about the red shoes, please? Yes, yes, yes. The red shoes, nineteen forty-eight. A pal and Pressburger. It's about a woman who's a ballerina, and she becomes great, and then she finds love, and she has to choose between love and the arts. Oh, I said that all in one breath. Spencer, red shoes. Hi. Was yes. the the redness of the shoes 
sufficient in this film or could they have been redder? It was like a like a solid eight point six mm-hmm. out of ten for the redness. You're harsh for me. with your ratings. You really Dude, are. Eight point six. That's a fucking good grade. Those I don't shoes know were why red as all. Why like, does everyone? Like, how could they be more red? If the they were more red, they would be maroon. Like I don't know what you no, want from this I'm, fucking movie. Bright, vivid red. <laughs> That's like br- like beautiful red. That's like a ten. <laughs> this was it was good, but this it's also a little dull. A little bit dull. Red. It's not its fault because the film it's a little faded. It's an older film. Uh, it's not going to cover it just the way like it probably looked on set. That Martin Scorsese probably owns a pair of the shoes because, fun fact, he owns a lot of memorabilia. Oh, from that this would movie. be so awesome! Uh, this is one of his if favorite he, films of all time. Uh, that would be so cool uh, to have a pair of the shoes, like that they're holding out through the curtain, kind of thing. That's about one shoe. That'd be cool. Yeah. Just one. Um, but yeah, no. Um, regardless, I thought that the red shoes. While it was two hours and 17 minutes, and I think it could have been a nice, brisk hour and 30 minutes, and I would have really enjoyed it, the length definitely affected me a little bit because it's a lot of just kind of, with the whole, like, an American Paris situation where it's just a lot of dancing and dancing. That was my, I just made that connection. That's one of the reasons why I'm kind of on the edge about it. Yeah, because, like, it's really cool. The production design is amazing. The cinematography is beautiful. The... Uh, the colors, the lighting, it was great. I love the whole stage production element to this movie. Um, but yeah, this movie is, it's a long movie, and it is it's just a lot of dancing, and just look at this choreography, because we spent a lot of time working on it, and it's very beautiful, it's artful, but just overall, it's just like, okay, I get it, but let's let's move on, you know? But for 1948, yeah. I was impressed. Mm-hmm. I I will agree with some of your points. Um, the film was too long for me. I think the first forty five minutes, I it took me about three days to get through the first forty five minutes, and then finally, since we have to do the podcast, I was like, "Well, I better finish the film." So yeah, I did, better. and I, I finished. I watched the whole film, but the movie was too long for me. I think they could have just he cut to the chase, uh-huh. cut to the actual stage play of the show. There was a lot of bullshit beforehand that I think could have been cut out or whatever. I like that stuff. Though. Um, yeah, didn't like it. Um, but I do think the cinematography was good. I think they had really good editing in this movie for a film from, you know, the late forties. It was nominated um, for best editing. Was it? Okay. Yeah. They, they had a, a lot of cool transitions and kind of cuts that sling things together and a lot of, um, blending too, which was interesting. Cause like, I know, you know, when they, when they had to edit back then, it's easier said than done to kind of blend films or blend shots together. So that was well done. Um, I appreciated this film being in English and also, being a color film from the 1940s. I was honestly also surprised this was in English. I would just yeah, it was a lot immediately of people, assume so. that it was going to be a French movie. Yeah, I don't know why. I didn't know anything about this movie. But yeah, I was surprised. I was like, oh, this is English. Okay. They did speak Not a little bit matters, of French here and there. But I was expecting a foreign film. No, yeah, I, I think I was too. The, the negatives for this movie, I just think the characters were very over-the-top, snobby, kind of just like stage play actors. They, they played that stage tone very well where they were just like actors like i said that before that's that's kind of just how they are and i don't like that in films it just bothers me i just wish that they would not act that way but it's just not something that appeals to me at all and they do it throughout the entire movie where just people are so over the top and it's just it's just cringy to me actually so that that's kind of the negatives i have for the for the red shoes but the shoes were red the red shoes the red shoes i have only seen i think one other pal and pressburger movie and it was called black 
Narcissist. It's a same movie director? about nuns. Deborah Kerr. Yep, same director. Is it was it's something about his movies. I love the classic feel of them, but sometimes, like, I thought the audio was kind of eh iffy because I had a hard time hearing them sometimes. And when the British accent, it kind of throws me off a little bit. So I had a hard time understanding sometimes because it did have like a French feel to it sometimes when they were talking. But I just loved the character of Victoria. She was just awesome. She was like the character that you wanted to see succeed. And she was just caught in between this very pompous, high-end director who wanted perfection and this young guy who's never done music professionally. And you just see this love triangle kind of thing happen. And it was long for two hours and 15 minutes. Like some of the dance numbers, like when they did the red shoes in the the movie you see almost like like a 10 15 minute segment of the entire thing and it's like okay i get it like you want us to see it but i'm more interested in the behind the scenes stuff how it comes yep. together the Same. the tension between and how people talk to each other and um seeing and kind of like a black swan feel you see this new person kind of rise up to the ranks um but then have like a big decision to make, which I did like. I don't know. I guess it was it was the length and the pacing of it. I didn't really care for because it just I don't know. It just dragged. It took moments that could have been chopped up to like a couple sentences, and it just took forever. And a lot of it was sure. the the plays, the theater itself, because it just showed a lot of sequences that just weren't as interesting as the overall story. But the shoes were red, and hey, That's and it was continuity the entire time. Like, same yeah. red shoes. No brighter, no duller. They were just perfectly red. Um, not as red as the uh, slippers in Wizard of Oz, but close second. Close second Whoever as far as famous red shoes. did a good job, I think. Mm -hmm. Did you guys notice yeah. that? It's an mm -hmm. important job, yeah. yeah. It almost felt it's like... It's a job for that one. Job. Yeah, it was such a grand theater, but then it, like... With, like, a spotlight, it reminded me almost like a cabaret-type Chicago feel, just yeah, how yeah. they were able to follow and stuff like that, and how they were able to tell the story with no real dialogue. So that was that was interesting, too. But Definitely. just, yeah, it just kind of it bored me a little bit. Like, the premise was great, and it led up to a great finale, but it was just kind of the in-between where I was just kind of checking to see how much time I had left, and yeah, yeah. all kind of nonsensical stuff, but... Yeah. I mean, like yeah. I said, it took me it's, it's three days to get through the movie, so I, I yeah, no, I hardly didn't found take me three days. <laughs> I watched yeah. it in one sitting. Um, but yeah, yeah, I I think we're all pretty much kind of I don't know, maybe John might not be, but relatively, I feel like we're on the same page with this one. Uh, I just really appreciated the technical aspects to it. Uh, I think this is definitely I, it's considered a classic film. It's got very high uh, critical scores. 97% Rotten Tomatoes, 8.1 IMDb, won two Oscars, nominated for Best Picture and Editing, and, you know, it's got a whole bunch of acclaim, and obviously Scorsese loves the movie, one of his favorite films of all time. Um, so I'm glad I've seen it, although if you haven't seen a lot of classic films, I think maybe start elsewhere, start with some more uh, worthy ones, uh, and then make your way towards this one, because it's still, I think, worth checking out at some point. It's on HBO Max, it's pretty uh, easily accessible. Um, so I'm going to go with three out of five. It made the fresh for me. I, uh, the technical aspects made me appreciate it. Um, but yeah, three out of five for me. Uh, 
I hate to be this guy. I I really do appreciate the technical aspects of the film as well. Just as no, you don't. Okay. Um, I, I do appreciate the technical aspects because I know I know what it takes to make a good movie, and it's not you always do? easy. So, yes, we went to the same fucking school. Like we know this shit. Anyways, it in that type of thing was well done. I wow. I think the kind of the color tones, the costume design, the all the choreography, the stage play elements, the editing, well done. Didn't care for the love story. Didn't care for pretty much anything to do with the story. Um, I was just... It was a slog fest for me. I was bored. So I got to go one and a half out of five. It was just not anything remotely in my wheelhouse. Yeah, and Nate, there goes Nate's video. <sighs> I, you know, I, I got to be honest. I'm not going to give you a fake three out of five. It just wasn't very good for me. Didn't like it, Mainstream Boy. Fake three out of five? Excuse me? You call my grade fake? No, I'm just saying for... I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not calling your grade fake. I don't think okay. you liked it as much as a three out of five, though. That's fucking bullshit. I honestly did. I thought it was charming. It was. It was nice. Yeah. It was too long. Sorry, Nate. John. John just. He's not. Uh, he's not well versed in El classic cinema. But I would watch Black I have a Narcissist. Watch you might like that one. I apologize, everyone, for having to listen well, to John you, talk about it. it. Um, I. I don't know what you expected from there. me. Um, to be honest. I, uh, I, I, I also, I think the right word Spencer used was, uh, charming. It definitely had that, that proper feel to it. And I actually really enjoyed the characters. I thought they were fleshed out really well, though over the top at some points. Um, the story was entertaining. The world of dance has always been something that's, I think, been a mis a little bit of a mystery if you, you're not into it. And I'm not really into it, but it's interesting seeing how passionate people are about something that we don't really know anything about. Um, and seeing the behind the scenes technical aspects of it really helped. Um, but yeah, it just dragged in some of those moments. But I thought the woman who played Vicky, her, she has a, like a French name, Morai. Moira Shearer. She plays the the red shoes girl. She was fantastic. Um, but I'm giving it a three and a half out of five. I tend to go towards these movies a little bit more, but it definitely is not very fun when you check to see how much time is left in the movie. That's when you know yeah. it could pick up a little bit. But it's it's got great great reviews and everything. It's got four point three on the letterbox, ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's definitely got lots of acclaim. Yeah, a lot people yeah. love it. Some call Ugh. it one of the best looking movies ever. Yeah, I would agree so. in that aspect. I mean, it was fun to look at. Um, I just don't think I'm ever really in a rush to watch it again, or I probably won't be picking up the Criterion of this because uh, it is on the Criterion channel. Really, you'd pick it up? You think? Yeah, like it's so a you movie wanna, I've you seen. Pick them all up, real... So I feel you. Yeah, I gotta pick all of them up and <laughs> just really comes down smell to it, them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the last movie of the podcast, we're going to be talking about Vanilla Sky, uh, directed by Cameron Crowe, Tom Cruise, uh, Cameron Diaz, Jason Lee, Penelope Cruz, or as Nate considers, Emmy Rossum. Um, this movie... <laughs> they all okay. directed this movie? No, they all directed it, stars. Yeah. Oh. Tom, directed by Cameron Crowe, who's brought us, like, Almost Famous. Aloha. Yeah, he did fucking Aloha. Which Cameron Crowe wrote his, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Did he? Did okay, Aloha, he directed though. Jerry Maguire as well. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's made some pretty good movies uh, and some kind of weird ones. Uh, <laughs> and this one, I think, is no exception because what the flying fuck was Vanilla Sky? That is my question to you guys. Anyone can answer this. <sighs> that was the description of the Monet sky painting in the movie. Vanilla well, Sky. Yeah. It was oh. kind of like Total Recall. 
I've never seen that film, but I assume it's not like Total Recall. It okay. It's hard I to talk about ninety percent of this movie without spoiling it. Do you know what I mean? Like I, eh, not well, really. not really. Well, it, it's no, just I the overall like like what's really happening. Kind of. I mean, just, I'm guessing it, was it didn't. Not- at all what i was expecting this movie to be neither i had no idea what to expect and literally 40 minutes into this movie it's like okay it's just like it's it's like i can't that's why i skipped the description because you can't really give a fucking description of this movie it says tom cruise he's a playboy he has a lot of money he inherited a lot of wealth he's dating as a psychopath cameron diaz who's kind Hmm. of a stalker jason lee is just basically playing jason lee a version of himself as his best friend uh and that's just it like he's a lot of money he just sleeps with women it's like, okay, this movie, it's whatever. It's got a good soundtrack, very early 2000s. And then it goes to this, like, sci-fi, like, minority report type shit. It's like, what? Like, yeah, when, I, when I saw that it was a sci-fi futuristic. movie, I went, yeah. wait, what? I thought yeah, this exactly. was just, like, a rom-com of some sort. But I it, know what it was not yeah. even funny. I thought it was going to be, like, <laughs> this guy, he has this love story, then he's accused of murder, and... Uh, kind of like just trying to get out of that with was it Jeff Bridges as his like no Kurt Russell um, okay Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell sorry yeah. I don't know why as Kurt a, Russell as a his, psychologist uh, or whatever yeah I thought it was his, yeah. lo- his lawyer for a bit but yeah it's a psychologist just trying to kind of get him through the situation but yeah this movie was definitely something different and I think the uh, the sci-fi element that they end up exploring is very early two thousands like this can I say it or no am I not allowed to fucking say, say what it? cryogenic <laughs> am i allowed to say that yeah i would say so uh, yeah what's wrong i don't know what's wrong with that yeah that's fine yeah where they kind of just explore the the cryogenic uh thing where you you know you freeze bodies and whatever and then you wake up 100 years later it's very futurama the possibility of waking up later is that what yeah you mean? right like, like they don't have the tech they don't have the technology now but like you know whatever you freeze yourself and then 100 years 200 years down the road expanding your that, life yeah yeah whatever like this like for instance Walt disney is cryogenically frozen joe dimaggio is cryogenically frozen so if they get i think ted williams a thousand years from now well. yeah ted williams it, it's a real thing like this actually does happen but in this movie they kind of explore that on that early 2000s sci-fi level and i think that's very interesting but they weave it into this weird kind of just love story with Manelby Cruz and Cameron Diaz and it's very unexpected I think when it finally comes down to that sci-fi element of the film I love Penelope Cruz I will say it made it unique and it definitely held my interest but it was just so like I you really had to pay attention to understand what the fuck was was going on because it it wouldn't tell you. It was even if very, you were paying very... attention, though. I feel like yeah. it doesn't get explained it's until the end because it's just it seems like very dreamlike. You know what I mean? Which it is. It is. Yeah. So there and that's a... that's why it, it ends up yeah. being confusing. But there was a point where I was I'm sitting there trying to follow it the entire time, and with my OCD, it makes it hard to understand sometimes. But I got to the point where I was just like, you know what? Obviously, they're going to explain it in the climax. So I'm just going to watch it and just kind of take it for what it is. And then hopefully that realization or whatever happens clears it up, which thankfully it did. I was happy to have that kind of that intuition to just kind of accept it at face value until it unravels itself. And then that's when I started to respect it a little bit as it gets pieced together and you start to understand what's actually going on. The ending for me is is very 
bittersweet and kind of depressing though because mm-hmm. like once you realize what actually happened it's like okay well his his chance at what he really wanted is gone yeah they so did a good job at explaining it though in that like whole climactic thing that happens like oh this is how you think this happened if it makes sense i like the whole tech support um, thing that was yeah. interesting yeah. <laughs> that random guy who's in like every supporting role that has to do with a beard and mustache like wasn't he in game <laughs> of thrones he was with actually... a beard and mustache <laughs> he was the one that was uh trying to kill Bran of Tarth with the bear. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was that guy. Oh, he cut off Jamie Lannister's hand. That was him actually. He did, yeah. That motherfucker. Ooh, spoiler. Um <laughs> Did you did you guys notice how early two thousands this movie was though? Just mm-hmm. like how it fell with the music. It had Cameron and, like, Diaz in editing, it. some of the cinematography. <laughs> like technically two weeks it, in a row with Cameron Diaz, because I think last episode yeah. was being John Malkovich. So. In this movie, I think it has like uh, a really like unique fact about it was which is like they shut down Times Square at like oh, really? five AM or like four AM on a I Sunday was wondering morning. if they actually did that. Be- to shoot a scene of Tom Cruise running through Times Square in like a dreamlike kind of uh scene. Yep. Uh and so like yeah there's a scene like there's no one in Times Square and they had to block it off and they like that went through like like hell to try to get that shot and it was just kind of interesting that they uh they they went so far to just get that one shot of him walking through times square by himself and that's something that like hasn't been pulled off since it's so definitely that a hook that shot though is definitely like a hook shot though because that kind of yeah that's like the initial if, shot that's like what the fuck's going it's on in the beginning and of course you get the classic tom cruise running at the camera uh <laughs> times square which is just brilliant anytime you have a tom cruise running at the camera shot it's an i'm surprised he didn't scream break. scream yeah. really loud and obnoxiously <laughs> And that's the thing is like this movie it's it's such a high budget like indie like experiment because this movie just felt so unconventional and just not mainstream. They don't make movies like these these days where they just experiment with the plot, they make things very unconventional and weird and they like Christopher Nolan did it with Inception and he's the only one that's really been able to do it. Uh and this one it's got some uh, it's actually rotten. It's got it's a forty seven percent Rotten Tomatoes, which I did not know going into it. Doesn't yeah, surprise kind of me a little bit. I think yeah. it just it confuses people. It's just like it's not. It's not what it looks like. I feel like from yeah. posters and trailers and stuff, you get the feel of the romance. And that's the thing. It's like how do they that market opening, the movie? Yeah, that opening sequence. I'm sitting there going, "What is this movie? Is it like I Am Legend or something?" Yeah, and yeah, yeah, the yeah. people that it's... you think you see are like not there, kind of thing, and it threw me for a loop. But then it the did a lot of very those jump in- inventive, backs. though. It's very when you really break it down to like the bare bones of the film, it's very inventive in the elements that they stick in here with the dream sequences, the sci-fi elements. Mm-hmm. I think it it was a very unique and interesting sort of combination of in the early two thousands to throw a movie like this together. I'm, I'm not surprised that people maybe didn't receive it as well as they should have personally. yeah it's but... a movie that definitely warrants some rewatches mm-hmm. uh and it's actually a movie that i would consider rewatching maybe in, i don't know a year or so a couple yeah. I don't know. at some now point that you... I, would, I would rewatch yeah. it now that you know the specific points where things change you can follow that storyline and it will Straight probably up, yeah. make more sense after i thought about it for like 10 or 15 minutes after i was like it was really smart how they showed us something and then explain why we saw that and then explained yeah. like truth kind of thing. And so the way they were able to do that and with the characters they chose, like Tom Cruise is just kind of a wacko. I'm not going to say he was miscast in my opinion. It just seemed 
it was just Tom Cruise kind of going weird. Yeah. And maybe like I get having the time that he was given really like these dramatic performances, like the firm. Yeah, I mean, he's been nominated for three Oscars in these, like, dramas. Uh, one I haven't seen, Born in Fourth of July. Never saw that one. I needed to see that and uh, um, A Few Good Men. Yeah, and he's great in that movie, too. But this was before, like, Mission Impossible was, like, late 90s. And then they really blew up in, like, the late 2000s. Mm-hmm. And obviously he became the huge, just, like, Tom Cruise go-to action star. We're going to send him to fucking space and everything. Like, he's, like... The he's trying to be like The Rock in in sense of like yeah. I do everything I'm crazy I'm Tom Cruise I think I think The Rock is trying to be Tom Cruise and that's also a good point as well too yeah I'm just not they always trying try to, like, to be one up each other or something yeah. yeah I don't know maybe there's like a dick measuring contest between them I don't but, know Tom well, Cruise I think I know who doing, would win doing <laughs> God, yeah, yeah me too Tom Cruise I don't know I I liked it I, it was. And initially, I was kind of just like, "What the fuck is this movie?" I was so confused while I was watching it. But yeah, then the whole ending happened. I was like, "Did I like that? Does it make sense?" I guess. And it was a movie that I I thought about long after I finished it because uh, it was one of the first movies I watched of the week. Uh, and yeah, it's one that I definitely would see myself rewatching it. I initially, actually, I don't want to grade it yet. I want to uh, want to ask Nate his for his closing thoughts and grade. This movie was definitely kind of a mind bender when you started to unravel some of the things that were actually going on. Cameron Diaz is just kind of gorgeous, but her performance is just Cameron Diaz. And I love Penelope Cruz. I just thought she fit really well as the, the, the just love the love interest, the one that he's going after, essentially. And yeah, she oh just, God. her accent, she was uh, just, she was so sweet. Like, she just seems like the kind of person that would just be the nicest person in the world and just a delight to be around and this is i think my first experience with her um so i give that a five out of five but the grade for the movie would be uh probably like three and a half out of five there were definitely some odd spots that made you think but then again it did kind of cover some ground that we hadn't really seen before type stuff so it explained itself really well, which saved it. It didn't just kind of leave a vague open end to like, oh, how did this happen? They and it very well did... could have done that, you know. Yeah, and they covered <laughs> their tracks really well. So, yeah, yep. three and a half out of five wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but it definitely would warrant a rewatch, knowing what okay. happens. Yeah. And what's interesting is something that I forgot. I wanted to mention, and I just remembered it now. This is actually a remake of another film called Open Your Eyes, and that starred Penelope Cruz. Really? So she's is it a foreign film. I think it's a foreign film. Yeah, she's done a lot of foreign films. Um, um, but apparently, like, in a, the director of the movie saw this one uh, because Cameron Crowe got the rights to do a remake. But he said that he was gonna do his own interpretation of the story, but kind of mm-hmm. like similar stuff. But like, he's gonna do his own little thing with it. And the director of the original was like, "This movie's a, like I love it. It's incredible, but it's like a it's like a distant cousin." of mm-hmm. my movie so like they work together but they're both like their very own movie with the same type of story a billionaire gets his face dismorphed and he's like in a dream like world or whatever so mm-hmm. i don't know so i'd be curious to check out the the, the original movie yeah to see how sure. that kind of plays with uh, this one but yeah okay for sure John, for sure for sure yes um i i really like this one i think i think it was really clever and how they kind of intertwine the sci-fi elements with the dreamlike elements because the title itself has something to do with a painting that he randomly sees right something that sort of has a something that kind of sticks in his mind so something that also 
sort of that's kind of how dreams work right where you just kind of just like see something random during the day and then it kind of just develops into a random dream throughout the it night manifests yeah it manifests so I, I think this movie did a good job and they actually explain it at the end how kind of these small little things throughout the day will kind of transition to your dreamlike state and i think they did a good job in sort of combining those elements that was really clever and something that was interesting to me Loved Penelope Cruz. She was fucking phenomenal in the movie. Uh, Tom Cruise was also good, but again, it's it's Tom Cruise. So you can't not see Tom Cruise, even though it's 2001, um, and he wasn't as big back then. But it's not like he's think, Lars Grossman or something. I don't know who that is, but yeah, it's uh, Tropic yeah, I don't know. Haven't seen Ben Hur. Um, Tropic Thunder. I what? Holy shit. Yeah, I liked the movie. It was cool. Like, after hearing your thoughts and talking about it more, I'm actually going to raise my grade to a four and a half, or four out of five. Good. Yeah. I thought you were going to say four and a half. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I did shit. too. I was like, wow. So four four out of five. Movie. It was a very, okay. very solid movie. Never really seen a movie like this. And uh, yeah, I kind of like the sci-fi. You know, I was really going to do it. it no, right. Initially, I gave this a three out of five. I thought it was a beautiful mess. Uh, after reflecting on it, thinking about it over the last couple of days, and of course discussing it here on the podcast, I would raise it up to a three and a half out of five. Uh, yeah, I think you can uh, check this one out. It is on Amazon Prime. So if you have an Amazon Prime account, uh, sign into your mom's if you don't, and uh, give it a watch. I use my mom's. Thanks, mom. Cameron Diaz, give a good performance. I have my um, own. All right, so much more talent. We have some new movies that we got to announce and then post in our stories so those who are listening can go and vote in our stories at those movie dudes on Instagram uh, and help decide what we talk about for next week's episode because uh, uh, I got a couple of movies that I picked out that uh, I'm curious to see which one wins and I'm looking forward to watching whatever wins. Uh, but I, I assume that you guys have your picks. Actually, I don't want to assume. Uh, do you guys have your picks? We do. Mm-hmm. I do. No worries. Uh, as Nate is finding the right one, John, how about you announce your fl- your flicks that you're going to put up in the uh, in the poll? Yeah, stories. I, I shall I shall do that very that very thing you just suggested. I had the 1996 Peter Jackson film with Michael J. Fox, The Frighteners, and then we also have I don't know what year it came out, but Babel with Tom Hanks. I mean Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's in the movie. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I looked at my Blu-ray shelf, and I was like, what movies have I not seen yet? And I picked out two, and I don't believe you guys have seen these movies either. Okay. Uh, you okay over there? Me? Yeah, I'm, I, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, no. Yeah. No, down there. I, was, I saw a deep breath. Got worried. <gasps> I'm just, I can't find the movie that I had in my mind for our picks. And... That's okay. Uh, you can find it. That's what, that's what editing is for. I'll find it. Yeah. I'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to lift up some uh, titles real quick. So you might want to look at the screen. Uh, the uh, the movie that I picked out of my shelf. I don't know if anyone's seen it, but it is Hugo. You've never seen Hugo. Never seen. You've Hugo, had that movie for so Scorsese. long. I've had it since it came out on Blu-ray, and I've never watched it. So I'm like, you know what? Got to watch Hugo. Uh, I've heard it's a movie kind of about movies, directed by Martin Scorsese, so I'm curious to check this one out. I don't Is know this if... the Chloe Grace Moretz where she's like uh, yes. looking at the <gasps> movie theater or something? I think, so. I think she's in it, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, she is. She's right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's, the, what's the other film guy? that I've never seen? What's the... the, the... Aza Butterfield? Aza, uh, yeah, Aza, Aza Butterfield, yes. Uh, and the other movie that I picked out is a movie that I bought uh, back when we were in college at Bull Moose uh, when it was uh, 25% off. Uh, never watched it, but it's got some acclaim. I think it's got some Oscars under its belt. Maybe an, uh, you got this win. at Bull Moose. I did get this at Bull. What Moose. year did it come out? Oh, I don't know. Does it have a slipcover? Late eighties, maybe. It does not have a slipcover, but I bought it for like six bucks. 
It Ooh. is Wall Street. Oh, greed with, is good. Uh, you know, Michael Douglas name? and Charlie Douglas. Sheen. Yeah. So I haven't seen either of those movies, Hugo or Wall Street. Own them both on Blu-ray. Uh, Hugo is on Netflix. So uh, if you haven't seen Hugo and you want to watch that one, uh, you get on Netflix. So uh, vote Hugo. That's it for this week. I'm really excited. Um, these movies, I actually, I'm actually kind of hoping Hugo wins because I've been wanting to see that one for a while. So. Yeah, yeah a little thanks everyone for listening. Special effects yeah. type thing. Yeah, and there is three of us as far as I know, so I think we yeah, have You can follow more us films. on Apple Podcasts. Oh. What? Wait, what? What's going on? Apple Podcasts. I'm following right now. I have a couple films that uh, I, I chose. Um, The first one I have been wanting to see for a while now, but I just haven't pulled the trigger, but I'm doing it for this week. John's going to hate me. Spencer might love me. No. Uh, a Hidden Life. Terrence Malick 2019 film um, about a man who avoids the Nazi regime. He doesn't want to fight for the Nazis during World War II, so he goes into seclusion. And it's is Ben Affleck in this? He is not, but he uh, may be in the next film oh. that Terrence Malick does. Um, but then this movie, which I had never heard of, I had never heard of this movie. Uh, it's called. I'm sorry. Uh, where? I just had it. Oh, it's called Fur, an imaginary portrait of Diane Arbus. Um, Is it porno? It's not. It's a Nicole Kidman <laughs> biopic. Oh, it reminded me of the Family Guy episode where Lois does a porno, and I forget what it's called. Uh-huh. But she's like, you know, you know, something what I'm fur. About. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, no, it's Wait, got. No, it's, not a, it's not a Nicole Kidman biopic. <laughs> no, Wait. it's Nicole Kidman, and it's a biopic, it's... like a biography. <laughs> I was like, Nicole Kidman already has a biopic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it uh, co-stars uh, cool. Robert Downey Jr., um, Ty Perel, Jane Alexander. So Ty Perel's in it. Yeah, for Modern Family. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm in. Looks like he might play a husband of some sort. So is Sarah Highland in it? <laughs> uh, okay, those sound like uh, some interesting picks. Go ahead uh, to our stories at those movie dudes and vote which movies that you want to hear us talk about next week or not. It's September nineteenth. Yeah, September and if you guys 19th. haven't already, go check out Mainstream Boy. We release new episodes every Monday. Last week, Spencer and I got together, re-reviewed Mulan, which is available on <laughs> Disney Plus for thirty dollars with a premiere pass. I- I think we I have a say, birthday coming up, don't we? Maybe in a few days. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I would say in like what seven days. I think you've got what are you, a little thirty years little old, twenty-five. No, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. <laughs> oh, guilty's the other one. Well, I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know what that has to do with mainstream boy. But go out and check mainstream boy. We talked about oh. Mulan last week. What are we watching this week? I don't know. <laughs> It's a, it's not it's not as exciting as Disney's Mulan, but it, we will have an episode out on Monday. Quinn pro quo: You tell me things, I tell you things. Well, TikTok. Catherine is waiting. I'm I'm a little frightened at the moment. It's more um, of a guideline, but... you know. As oh. always, make sure you guys go to Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars or three stars or one star. That's fine as well. Leave Zero us a stars review. if that's an option. Uh, but we're also on Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher for Androids, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. We should be there. Um, so make sure you guys give us a follow there. And our Instagram, at those movie dudes. Of course, that's where our polls are and our stories. Go ahead and follow us there. Uh, that'd be wonderful. And uh, I just want to say to Nate, real quick, 
Just end it. I just want to say thanks, partner. I fucking hate you. I just wanted to... You're my bestest friend. (laughs) I just want to say, if you do have an Android, you can shove it up your ass just like Nate's jelly beans and wash your fucking hands. That's episode 29. Thanks for listening to those movies. Fuck me. (laughs) 